0: You will be turning in your Bible to the book of Job, the book of Job chapter number one tonight. I made a statement several weeks ago that I had been studying the book of Job and, and that uh, I did not feel qualified to preach from the text. I still do not feel qualified, but I feel led of the Lord to uh, share with you a message that I've carried around for weeks that I think probably tonight would be a good time to begin this series of sermons on the book of Job entitled, What in Heaven is Going On? What... In heaven, I bet you've never said that, but I bet you said, "I wonder what in the world," or you might even put a four-letter no, eight, yeah, four-letter word in there that probably it wouldn't be apropos for me to use tonight. What in heaven is going on? The Book of Job, chapter number one. I'd like to just take your attention there tonight. And I'll probably preach two or three series out of this text, as the Lord will allow me. And I promise you the next time when when we come together and we address the text, I'll have you uh, some good outlines and some information in those outlines to help you a little bit. But tonight, uh, I just did not have time to, uh, and, and did not really know what, what to do about giving you some heads up about what I was going to do. I, I'd I'd like to be able to to do it to where you could realize something from it, uh, because I believe there's a real real message here. I, I would be less than a godly man to realize that there are situations going on in your life and in the life of our church. It's very important. And I would be less than caring if I did not address it. I know many are wondering why does the preacher do and make the decisions that he does? I hope that over these many years you at least have enough confidence in me to believe that I act According to God's word. And not emotions. And not to pull anybody's string. I'm too old to pull strings. I didn't do it good when I was young. So why should I start when I'm old? My life is totally Committed to the Savior. Now, whatever you do about that, that's just your problem. And whatever you do about the decisions I make, I make for the whole, not for the individual. You can pout, you can give me your dirty looks. But all that does is just wear and tear on your face. I don't need you or your money. I need God's blessings on my life. These last years of my life will not be spent bowing down to no man. If you do not have the confidence in me that this book is my guide, then you need to leave, find you someplace where you have confidence in the man of God that stands before you. I'll be addressing some things the next few weeks. If you're not here, you might miss them. And you don't want to miss what I'll be talking about in the next few weeks. You say, we'll run you off. You already got another one. You can do that now. Buckle your seatbelt. What in heaven is going on? Job chapter 1. Please now listen to the reading of God's Word. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, And sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of all of them, of of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned. And cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day. When the sons of God came. To present themselves before the Lord. And Satan. Came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan. Whence comest thou. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and that cheweth evil? Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. You need to really read those verses. Built a hedge around him. Built a hedge around his house. Built a hedge around his family. I couldn't touch his family if I wanted to. Because God, you've built a hedge around it. Verse 11, but put forth thy hand and touch all that he hath. And he will curse thee. thy face and the Lord said unto Satan behold all that he hath is in thy power only upon himself put not forth thy hand so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord what in heaven is going on see all you and I see is what's going on here Job did not know one thing about what was going on in heaven Job was living the high life Job was experiencing family get-togethers. Job had watched God bless his family. From the top of the economic ladder, Job sat far above everybody else in the east. He could buy them out of petty cash. He was a success. A great man. I wonder if he had known what was going on in heaven at that very moment. If it would have changed him. I wonder if he knew at that very moment. That was a business meeting going on in heaven. and Job was the topic of discussion. I wonder if he knew. Slimy foot, the deceiver, the dragon. Our adversary, the Roman roaring lion, was standing at the throne of God. And he was the subject of conversation. What in heaven is going on? I wonder what you would do if you knew That there was a meeting going on in heaven tonight. And that you, your family, and all that you have was a matter of discussion. You see, we are in a warfare. Somebody needs to grab you and shake you real good. Somebody needs to just shake us maybe till our ears flopped a little to realize this ain't all the meetings that's carried on. What in heaven? Is going on. I can fight an enemy that I see. I may not whip the enemy, I may not even hurt the enemy. But boy, it sure is enlightening to see who you're fighting. but the enemy that we fight cannot be seen and over these many years I could write down pages of casualties who thought the day before they quit they would never quit Not me. I'll not throw in the towel. Lord. I will never deny thee. I will go with you through death. And Jesus said Peter. You need to shut your mouth boy. Because you'll deny me three times. Before the cockpit. Solemn. But true, your baby has an enemy that is out to destroy them. He does not walk around wanting to maul or wanting to hurt. He is a roaring lion transforming himself into the angel of light known as the dragon, the old devil, the deceiver, the meanest, the most vile creature ever created. He also appeared before God. We do not have to be ignorant of the fact that the devil does not like us. Some of you think you can sleep with the devil and it'll be all right. Some of you think you can sing his songs. Listen to his music. Embrace his philosophy of life. But I got news for you. He's not into making you happy. He's into thinking, making you think he wants to make you happy. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if we'll just take a look into heaven for just a minute tonight, we might see what in heaven is going on. Isn't it amazing how good things will be going today and then tomorrow? An empty chair. A visit to the jail. A call from a, an attorney. You see, Job had no idea what was happening. And of course, neither do we. I, I don't think maybe I'm important enough for the devil to bring my name up. But you might be. And as I looked at these verses this past two or three days and this past three or four weeks. I found help to realize. That somebody. Somebody. Don't like me. And neither does his cohorts. Our spiritual enemy. Seeks to destroy. So let you and I for just a minute. I want to discuss with you for just a little while, an unlikely candidate, a perfect, upright, righteous, wealthy family man, serving God, honoring God. In fact, the most perfect Christian in all the East. An unlikely candidate. If he got after Job, he might try you on next week. He might take you on to test next week. Or tomorrow. You may lose your job. The next day, your baby could be sick. And the next day, your or my family, we could be visiting at the funeral home. Then, how much will we love God? Well, some of us are threatened to quit now. And no babies are dead. Our wealth is not taken. And the preacher is not going to do what I say. Not a lot of fun, is it? To realize Christianity ain't all shout. It ain't all hallelujahs. Praise the Lord. Pass the communion. An unlikely candidate. We'll discuss that. And then we'll look at an unseen conflict conversation. It's hard for me to imagine. Am I all? It's all you folks' fault right up there behind that bed. <laughs> you should have seen your wife duck when I pointed that finger. She thought I reached and got a gun. I will sorry I didn't. I'm sorry, honey. But an unseen conflict Can I reiterate? It's difficult for me. You've heard me say that sinfulness and holiness cannot coexist. But here, sinfulness in its worst state he who brought sin into the world, he who damned an entire human race, he who is vile and ugly is standing in the presence of holiness. You do realize that, don't you? Hard for me to even comprehend. Of the study of over the years in the word of God. When I got saved, somebody moved into my heart. Holiness moved into my heart. And what used to be pretty now has become ugly. Ugly. What I used to listen to now is vile. It does not mean that I'm better than anybody else. But holiness moved into my heart and into my life. And now I no longer want to hear that. I no longer want to go there. I no longer want to entertain that. And for a child of God, that's just natural. Because when God moves in, the world moves out. But here... In an unseen conflict, ugliness is standing before beauty. Holiness is looking upon sinfulness. And what you and I don't realize tonight that conflict that's going on in the book of Job. It's not ceased. It's still going on this evening. Maybe the conversation is not Job. It might be Gene. It might be you. Thank God we've not... Visit the mortuary. Thank God the stock market has not wiped us all out economically. But I hope that you realize God hadn't changed if it does. Amen. I'm going to quit. Lost a baby. Lost your money? What big reason is it that we're going to leave God high and dry? You know, like the preacher, he's not wise as he used to be. He's disappointed you. But if you would asked me several years ago, I could have told you that's going to happen. I've saved you a lot of time but let me recommend somebody to you it's not going to let you down an unlikely candidate a preacher i just don't believe good people suffer read the book of job an unlikely candidate an unseen conflict I'll talk to you about an unbelievable crisis. Not tonight, I won't, but it wasn't good news when my wife had to go to the emergency. It was good news that she didn't have to stay. I wonder how I would have acted If I'd have got the same news Job got. Would I still be righteous? Would I still be gung-ho for Jesus? Would I still go soul winning on Saturday? Would I still read? Would I still pray? Would I still try to walk the narrow way? You see now why it's taken me so long to preach it, don't you? You don't preach what you don't practice. Because if you preach it one day, someday, you'll have to practice it. I'll talk to you in the next few weeks a little bit about an unrelinquished control. If you read the book of Job, God never at one time got out of control. Although hell was unleashed. And God unleashed it. Because the devil's on a short leash. And the devil don't do anything God don't allow him to do. And I want you to know something. God is not going to relinquish control in your life. Isn't that nice? Amen. It may not feel good. But God didn't save you so that you feel good. Amen. It may not look good. But God didn't save you because you was pretty. Because I'm looking at some of you right now. <laughs> and if he did, Willie, he sure made a mistake. Not meaning anybody in that particular, Brother Willie. And you may not understand it and I may not understand it. But I still believe that God is in control. Complete control. And we might ought to kind of figure out why God saved us. God did not save us for us. God saved us for his glory. And that's what the devil is trying to change. That's all the devil is trying to do. You let me touch Job and he'll curse you. He'll deny you. He'll throw in the towel. He'll quit and you won't get any glory. God didn't save you and I. Mira to take us to heaven. He could have done that the day we got saved. You know that, don't you? But just think about this. That'd mean no gospel singing if he'd have done that. There wouldn't be anything to sing about. Woody well, wouldn't be playing the piano. He'd be thumbing a harp. I do not know what these guitar pickers would be thumbing. But God did not save us merely to take us to heaven. If he had of, we'd all be there. He saved us for his glory. And Satan didn't like God getting glory. From the blessings on Joe. An unrelinquished control. There are those folks who think. And believe in accidents. I'm glad you do. But I hope accidentally God loses control. He doesn't lose control tomorrow. And that my destiny is dependent upon chance. The other night when I hit that cow going 50 miles an hour, I said, How'd you like that, God? It's his cow, his truck. His servant. Time for that cow to check out. Said, boy, wasn't that just an accident as she walked out in the road when you were going by? No. God just needed some steak. You never believe what happened to me yesterday. Who are you talking to, me or God? God would believe it because he handled it. He turned it loose. He said, go to it. I just would like to see how they're going to act when something not so pleasant goes by. Don't you ever believe That God is not in control. I am not in control. In fact, most of the time I am out of control. But God isn't. We'll get into that. We'll see who initiated the conversation. Yeah, we'll see who said, what? And we'll see that in all of it, God kept control of all of it. And then when the devil got done, devil, and God said, now you thought you was in control. Now let me tell you something. Chapter 2 and verse 3. You ain't never been in control. I did this to let you see that Job would still give me glory. He's looking for some more jobs, I think. You'll have to settle that tonight, though. You can't settle that whenever the trouble comes. When the lines start growling, it ain't time to start looking for a gun. You should have already had it. (laughs) Be prepared. Good outline, isn't it? Too bad I ain't preaching it. And then we'll look at the last thing. An unfazed commitment. Though he slay me. Yet will I praise God. The Lord gaveth. And the Lord taketh away. Now he's talking about all the sheepies, all the goaties, all the camels, all the servants, all the friends, and all the family. And his wife, his helpmate, said, Oh man why don't you just cuss God and die? The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And instead of cussing, the last verse, the last two verses, and he worships. What in heaven is going on? In the next few weeks on Sunday evening, we'll talk about the mother of all wars. Bigger than the Second World War. Bigger than Vietnam. Bigger than Afghanistan, bigger than Iraq. It's the war between righteousness and sinful.